Hi everyone, welcome to my podcast where we talk all things that are most dear to the heart. I'm Bobby Houston, co-senior pastor of Hillsong Church and founder of the Color Sisterhood. I'm passionate about seeing all people find Jesus as Saviour and gain a revelation of their value in Him and then rise up to make a stand for justice in the earth. This is a place that you'll hear from me, the Color Sisterhood team and some of our beloved friends. To find out more and stay up to date, please visit bobbyhouston.com and connect with me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Amen. Do you love the Word of God? Amen. Well, we're going to open the Word of God tonight. And on behalf of all those who are going to bring the Word of God tonight, I'm going to pray and we're going to commit ourselves to His Word that His Word will go forth and not return void out of our lives in the same manner that it's done for many years now. So Father in heaven, yet again, we thank You for Your grace and Your goodness. We thank You that You have not left us alone, but You have given us Your Word. And so Lord, we ask that You will breathe upon it. Holy Spirit, come and do what we are incapable of. I ask, Holy Spirit, that You will help me to articulate the simplicity of what You have put on my heart tonight. And I humbly commit myself to you. We commit ourselves to you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you've got the word, why don't you just give it a little hug? Because, you know, you, you can hug your phone. If, you're, if your Bible's in your phone, it all works. We're, it's the 21st century, right? Amen. All right. Hallelujah, Father God. Okay, so... Um, as um, I, we approach this conference, and obviously we are entering our 19th year, which is pretty amazing. I was telling the girls at Network, the Network Gathering this morning, that um, that is indeed a multiple birth on our part. That's a multiple birth for me, 19. We've had 19 of, this, of these colours, hallelujah. So as um, we were entering this 19th year, I asked myself a simple question. Basically, I asked myself this. I said, if my journey... If my journey, um, these past 12 months, could teach anything or add to your lives, what would that be? I asked myself that question. And, you know, I am of the conclusion, 19 years into this, hallelujah, that my role at Colour is to keep rallying the troops. And if you don't know what that means, then you're going to have to ask somebody alongside of you. My role is to keep rallying the troops. Um, It is to make sure that if there is a path that has been ordained for us as women at such a time as this, that we don't fall from that path. And that thirdly, we keep gathering everybody that God wants us to gather, right? Does that sound like a plan? (laughs) In essence, it is really the foundational um, vision language that has been upon our sisterhood and our local church. And this is an expression of um, Hillsong Church. Hallelujah. And God has graced us to host this and for it to go further than our own four walls. But, you know, in essence, it's our foundational language of gather, equip, and mobilise, G-E-M, okay? Gather, equip, mobilise. So we labour each year to gather, equip, and to mobilise in order to gather, equip, and mobilise, in order to gather, equip, and mobilise, in order that the Messianic Psalm, Psalm 68, 11, that talks about the women, you know, the Lord giving a great... um, the Lord giving the word of power and a great host of women carrying it becomes reality. 
So my role is in that. And so tonight I am gonna share to that end, if I may. And my goal always, hallelujah, is to keep it simple, famous last words, and to speak with less words. That never happens. (laughs) But regardless, my goal, Holy Spirit, is to keep it simple. And uh, I'm gonna read um, a portion of the Word of God, obviously. (coughs) Excuse me, I'm gonna add a few thoughts. I'm gonna testify, good old fashioned testify, okay? I'm gonna give testimony to the Lord. And um, we're gonna let God do the rest because he is well able to do that. And you know, as we start this conference, <coughs> excuse me again, you know, I believe that this is God's heart um, to us as individuals and as a sisterhood. And to be honest, his heart is multifaceted and multi-layered. There is no end of his heart beating towards us. But I want to read to you from Colossians chapter 2 in the message, and you will see it a little bit through the fabric of this conference. But in essence, Colossians is saying, the Word is teaching us and speaking to us, and it says, I want you woven into a tapestry of love. Okay, so I want you woven into this tapestry of love. Can I just pause there for one second and say that the role of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ on the earth today is not to bring um, judgment, it is to bring love. It is not to bring declarations of judgment, that is the role of God. One day, sometime in the future, this holy God whom we worship will not judge us in an unkind, unfair way, but He's a holy God. It is not our role as the Church of Jesus Christ right now in this here and now to make judgment. Our role is to bring declarations of love. So God wants us woven into this tapestry of love. In touch, the word goes on and says, in touch with everything there is to know of God. Then you will have minds confident and at rest, focused on Christ, God's great mystery. All the richest treasures of wisdom and knowledge are embedded into that mystery and nowhere else. And we've been shown the mystery. Hello. Everyone go, hello. We have been shown this mystery, okay? And the writer says, I'm telling you this because I don't want anyone leading you off on some wild goose chase. So God wants us woven into a tapestry of love. Hello, in touch with everything that there is to know of God. Then we will have minds confident and at rest, which is a phenomenal thing in this day and age, focused on Christ, God's great mystery. So where is the mystery? It is in Christ, okay? In order that we are not led off on some wild goose chase, it says in the message paraphrase. Because basically girls and boys, (laughs) we don't have time for wild goose chases, do we? No, we don't have time for a wild goose chase. We have no time to lose our way like Alice, to fall from the path, to bump our head and bruise our soul. We don't have time for that. Our mandate, we have been called, our mandate is to stay the path. It is to stay the path and show the way home for all the, um, figuratively speaking, tumbling and falling and tumbling and falling Alice's. That is our mandate, amen? So allow me to read to you from Isaiah 40 and also Matthew chapter five. And again, I just felt two portions of scripture here 
to front end this conference with. So Isaiah 40, and I'm gonna read from the NIV and the message, a combination of the two. Isaiah 40 verse one says, comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed and that her sin has been paid for. Comfort, comfort my people, speak tenderly. You are in an environment tonight where you are only going to experience the comfort of the Lord. No one is gonna speak harshly to you if I have my way. Okay, the Spirit of God is gonna speak tenderly to you. Now he might correct us in tenderness, he might shape us or reprimand us in tenderness, but his heart is comfort and tenderness. And the truth is when you read a passage like that, life has consequence, it does, but you know what, there is, there is nothing like the grace of God. Grace is greater. Life does have consequence. Right now we have two young Australian men in Bali about to face a firing squad if mercy doesn't prevail. And they are well aware that life has consequence. They broke the law, they've paid a penalty of 10 years in a Balinese Indonesian prison and now they're about to face a firing squad. We need mercy to prevail on their part in Jesus' name. They're not asking for freedom, they're just asking to live and continue to contribute in prison life. So life has consequence. Verse three, a voice of one calling. In the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the wilderness a highway for our God. Can we just note here um, that it was in the wilderness? When you read that verse, it says, a voice of one calling, and then it goes dot, dot, in the wilderness. In the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Prepare a way for our God. In the wilderness, not um, in the comfort of where, our, of where Christianity has done its wonder, where we're all on the straight and narrow of life, but rather in the wilderness. So the clarion cry there is, in the wilderness. In the wilderness, prepare a way for our God. Verse four goes on. It says, every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill shall be made low, the rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all mankind together will see it, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Hallelujah. Every mountain, every hill, every valley, every rough and rugged place. Do you know anyone in your life or maybe your own life where some of those realities exist? Okay, well, there's a proclamation here. Verse six goes on. And a voice says, I cry out. And the response is, and I said, what shall I cry out? So this voice from heaven is, a voice says, cry out. And the one scribing, Isaiah goes, well, what shall I cry? The answer comes from heaven. All men are like grass, and their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, the flowers fall, but the word of our God stands forever. Verse nine, you, you who bring good tidings to Zion. Well, you know, FYI, I think that would be us. Amen? You who bring good tidings to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good tidings to Jerusalem, hello, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up. Do not be afraid and say to the towns of Judah, hello, here is your God. So there's a proclamation here that you know what? Life is fragile, men are as grass, 
their glory like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, the flower fails, but the one thing that remains is the word of our God. And then it says, now you, you who understand this, go up, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good tidings to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout, lift it up and do not be afraid and say to the towns of Judah or the towns of Great Britain, of Europe, of North America, South America, the Americas, the Pacific, you know, Asia, Africa, the Middle East, here is your God. So there's a proclamation to us and I think it is powerful, amen. So that's Isaiah, let it sit for a minute. Matthew chapter five, flick across in your Bibles to Matthew five, and we're just gonna take a tiny look at the Beatitudes. So I'm reading a combination again of message and NIV. So when Jesus saw his ministry drawing huge crowds, he climbed a hillside. Those who were apprenticed to him, the committed, climbed with him. Arriving at a quiet place, he sat down and he taught his climbing companions. This is what he said. Verse three, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Or in the message, it reads like this. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and his rule. I don't know if there's anyone in the room tonight, you feel like you're at the end of your rope. Well, hang tight. Verse four, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted or in the message, you're blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. Does anyone in the room tonight, you perhaps feel like you have lost or you are losing what is most dear to you. Okay, take heart, you're in the right place tonight. Verse five, verse four rather, verse five. Blessed, <laughs> blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth, or... You're blessed when you're content with just who you are, no more, no less. That's the moment you find yourselves proud owners of everything that can't be bought. Contentment, hallelujah. Verse six, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Verse seven, are they keeping up with me? They're amazing. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Verse eight, Blessed are the pure in heart, we sang about that tonight. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Or, you're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and your heart put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. Isn't that profound? Doesn't Eugene Peterson just put it beautifully at times? Amen? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Well, you know, I have always had an infatuation with that because by the grace of God, I wanna see God. Okay, but I love how he puts it. You're blessed when you get your inside world, hello, your mind and your heart put right, then you can see God in the outside world because let's face it, girlfriends, <laughs> let's face it, you know what? It's really hard to see the outside world or to see anything that you're supposed to see when you're fully obsessed with yourself. So, you know, we need to get over ourselves and get our eyes off ourselves in order to get outward, hallelujah. And so again, we're all on this journey of inside out. Hallelujah, praise God. Verse nine, blessed are the peacemakers, hallelujah, for they shall be called the children of God or the sons of God in some translations or message. You're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. 
That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. Now, verse 10, it kind of changes direction a little bit. The kind of front end of those Beatitudes is a little bit more internally focused. This one becomes a little externally focused. Verse 10, hallelujah, we love these verses. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Or... You're blessed when your commitment to God provokes persecution. The persecution drives you even deeper into God's kingdom. And then verse 11, Jesus goes on and talks to us. And in the message, it reads like that. And he goes, and not only that, okay, not only that. He's sitting on a mountain with all his climbing companions and they're nestled at his feet. And he speaks about their human heart. And then he begins to tell them, FYI, some other information. And then he goes, and not only that, my darlings, count yourselves blessed every time people put you down or throw you out or speak lies about you to discredit me. Now, hello, isn't that even just remarkable? Because we're like, oh my gosh, they're speaking lies about me. And Jesus goes, it's not about you. You know, count yourselves blessed, hallelujah, every time, you, every time people put you down or throw you out or speak lies about you to discredit me. Jesus is going, it's not about you, honey. It's all about me. And he's not vain, glorious. Because sometimes we're like, why, why are people doing this to me? Well, it's not about you. It's about Christ in you. Jesus goes on and he says, what it means actually is that the truth The truth, what this planet needs is the truth, is too close for comfort and they are uncomfortable. You can be glad when that happens. Give a cheer even. For though they don't like it, I do. And all heaven applauds. And know, hello, that you are in good company. My prophets and witnesses have always gotten into this kind of trouble. Well, you know what? We're not all called to be prophets, but we're all called to be witnesses. So hello, praise the Lord. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus, for these amazing verses. Okay, verse 13. And you'll be very familiar with this. He goes, let me tell you why you are here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavours of this earth. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colours in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this. You know... Those words, um, especially in the message, God flavors, God colors. They're so pretty, right? They're pretty words and they're pretty thoughts and they make fabulous openers and creative dynamics. God flavors, God colors, awesome. Let me tell you something. God flavor on the earth, God color on the earth, It comes with certain territory. And so tonight, I just wanna briefly testify from some of that territory, from some of that landscape, from some of that battlescape these past 12 months. So once again, if my journey could teach you anything from these past 12 months, this is what I would say, number one, I would say, be found. Be found in his words, his shadow, and his footsteps. Endlessly found, be found in his words, his shadow, his footsteps. Amen? 
Everybody say endlessly found. Amen. So again, remember, we've been in Isaiah and we've been in the Beatitudes. So remember the context Jesus has gathered. He's gone up a hillside. He has gathered his climbing companions, have accompanied him, followed him. Okay, they have followed and they are are being found nestled and absorbed in his words. Do you know when it comes to his words? Let me just camp there on his words. Isaiah 40 says... Grass withers, flowers fade. Even people and their faithfulness toward us or not passes. The only thing, the only thing that endures beyond this word, this world, is his words. The only thing. Amen? So I want to ask a question to us. How engrafted, how embedded into your personal being is this word. Your being, with a a hyphen there, your being, because we wanna be this and we wanna be that, hallelujah. Well, that's great, because God's called us to all different things and He loves the dreams and the aspirations that He has planted in our hearts. But you know what? If we're chasing the elusive dream of being without this framing our lives, you are set to do what Alice did, fall off the path, bump your head and bruise your soul. So you know how embedded, how engrafted, it is the engrafted Word of God that is gonna sustain us in life and in the days that are ahead. So how fruitful is the Word in your life? So we are one year on from last year. How fruitful is this? Right now, in this moment, we're having a little bit of a vineyard check. Hashtag, in your notes, hashtag vineyard check. All right? I was reading the Song of Songs the other night, just for me, I was just reading it. It's remarkable how many times he said, how how many times it, it paints the picture how he, our lover, our king, our prince, Um, entered his garden. He entered his garden and he came into his vineyard to see if there was new growth and if fruit was in bud and if flowers were in bloom. You know, I often liken this environment to a garden. A few years ago, if you recall, you know, at the end of the conference, I felt God gave a very clear, distinctive word to us for us to go home and flourish, like flourish, baby, flourish, go home and flourish. So, you know, this is the environment. And it says, you should read the Song of Songs tonight. Read it where it's got he and she, because it helps you understand it. But several times it says, and he came into his vineyard to check if there was growth. Hmm, is there any growth in the room tonight? (laughs) To check if there was any fruit and bud, if there were any flowers in bloom. You know, two years ago, we invested the Word of God. For two years now, we have invested the Word of God into you. We have gifted to you, if you've come on the journey, twice. You know, a New Testament Bible and a full NIV Bible last year. We've invested it into you. Last year, we took time. We gave a whole morning to loving the Word and studying the Word and absorbing the Word and even knowing how to preach and deliver the Word. Okay, do you remember this? Okay, how's that working out for you? How's it working out? Are are we any better at this? Are we any better at this than 12 months ago? 
And there's no condemnation in my words because we're all figuring it, right? I'm figuring it, you're figuring it, we're figuring it together. But are we any better at this? Because you know what? Yes, the language over this is found. Be found, be found initially, be found in His words, be found in His footsteps, be found in His shadow, hallelujah. Yes? Okay, Matthew. 13, um, it gives a great perspective and wisdom um, regarding this word and us. Okay, great perspective. It's a story of a farmer who casts seed upon the pathways of our lives. Do you love this image behind me? It's the pathways of our lives. So let me read it to you. In verse 18, it says, study the story, study the story of the farmer planting seed. When anyone hears news of the kingdom and doesn't actually take it in, it just remains on the surface, and so the evil one comes along and plucks it right out of that person's heart. And we're like, the evil one. So if we don't absorb it, it's our inherent responsibility to absorb the word, to listen and absorb what God is trying to deposit in us, and if we don't, trust me, the word says, the evil one will come along and back from you. So we have to pay attention to that. Okay, so as the word says, this is the seed the farmer scatters on the road. Verse 20, the seed cast in the gravel, this is the person who hears and instantly responds with enthusiasm. But there is no soil of character. So when the emotions wear off and some difficulty arrives, there is nothing to show for it. Can I just pause here and say, that the gravel is our responsibility. God casts the word freely, freely, freely. He casts it. He casts it on the road of our lives. And you know, it's like if it falls in the gravel, babe, it's our responsibility to get the gravel out of our hearts, right? It actually is our responsibility. You need to get rid of that gravel. It's like, put it somewhere. Do a reality check, Father, search my heart. Is there any gravel in my heart? And then get rid of the gravel. Leave it in the garbage bins here and just <laughs> don't take it home. You know, it's like Brian once, many, many years ago, didn't know what to do with his gravel, so he put it in the wheelie bin. And then um, he, got, he was so upset because he got a sticker from the council that says, Sir, Mr. Houston, your bin is too heavy. Find somewhere else for your gravel. He was most indignant. He's like, well, where was I supposed to put my gravel? Obviously not in the wheelie bin. <laughs> All right, verse 22 goes on. It says, the seed cast in the weeds is the person, the seed cast in the weeds is the person who hears the kingdom news, but weeds of worry and illusions of getting more and wanting more, everything under the sun, strangle what was heard and nothing comes of it. So again, the weeds are our responsibility, right? Amen. Do you want to hear another story about Brian? Have I ever told you this one? <laughs> He's not here. Okay. <laughs> and if he asked, we only said lovely things about him. So, you know, that was his gravel story. But, you know, one day I was sitting with my sister and he came around the corner of our backyard. He was so proud of himself. He was carrying this giant, giant, giant plant. And he goes... Look at this giant weed I got out of the garden. It was huge. And I just looked at him and I went, Brian, that is my basil. <laughs> <laughs> and he just went, and just walked away. So, yeah, gravel and weed is not his forte. All right. But then, verse 23, it says, okay, I, this is just a little side bit, Pete. 
verse 23 says, but the seed, yay, the seed cast on good earth is a person who hears and takes in the news and then produces a harvest beyond his wildest dreams. I love that. And you know, it's inherent upon us that we um, steward the soil of our heart, amen? And then, you know, the story that, you know, the teaching goes on and it talks about, you know, we have the ability to bring forth either 30-fold, 60-fold or 100-fold. Like it's, we can choose. We can actually choose. And I don't know about you, I've said this many times, but you know what? I want to be a 100-fold girl. If God's going to sow this and the calling of God into my life, oh, Father, I want to be not 30-fold or 60-fold, I want to be 100-fold. And I pray that you are also, amen. And really, in all truthfulness, talking about being found in His words, do you know what? The only thing, again, that we leave earth with is the Word of God and any fruit that it has borne. And you know what? That doesn't just mean that you're going to leave with just the Word in your heart. No, because this, this can equal a lot in eternity. There are great promises in the Word of God, promises to do with our offspring, natural and spiritual. So you know what? The promises of God, the fruit of the Word in our lives can equal generations after generations after generations if we so choose. But the only thing we leave earth with is the Word and the fruit that it has borne. And you know, you saw that open and you saw the distractions on Alice's lives, all the distractions vying for her attention at the expense of the word, at the expense of what was eternal. So we don't want to be like that, right? Again, you know, these boys in Bali, you know, Andrew and, and, and Miran, it's just like, it reported, for those of you from overseas, I'm sorry, you're probably not up to speed on this, but that aside, you know, it says when they left their cell to go to Execution Island, all they carried was their Bible. You know, um, Miran carries some pencils and art because he's an artist, but that's all they carried. And you know, he's been in contact, Andrew's been in contact with many people in Australia and he has the love and support of so many because he's a born again, they're born again Christians and well, he is and it's just like crazy. But, um, you know, like he, he was texting Brian to the very end, just texting him and having this conversation and I'm like, then the phone went dead because obviously he couldn't have his phone. But um, I'm like, this is insane. And all that was coming out of his mouth was the word of God and the fruit and telling stories about this one that by the grace of God he'd been able to lead to Christ and baptize this one. And, you know, Father, have your way in Jesus' name, amen. So we need to be found in his words and his footsteps. Can we be found in his footsteps? You know, like where he goes, we go, right? So I'm presenting a question. If he climbs, do we climb? He climbed a mountainside. If he climbs, do we climb? If he sits, do we sit? If he draws aside to a quiet place to speak, do we draw aside to a quiet place to listen? Really, if he confronts the enemy, do we stand confidently and do likewise in the authority that we have or do we run for cover? You know, we've got to get a revelation in our hearts and lives of Christ in us because when Christ is truly in us, okay, when the enemy does confront you, and I'm not harboring on this, but I'm just saying there is an enemy, let's face it. Okay, he doesn't know all, he's not all present, he's not that smart anymore, he's a little bit dull in the senses. All right, so, but, when he does, or if he does, 
and Christ is in us, do you know what the enemy, do you know who, who the enemy sees before he sees you? He sees Christ. So we think, oh no, it's, you know, oh, what's happening to me? It's like, no, stand strong in Christ, okay? Hallelujah. And it's like, we've got to get this sassy attitude that goes, oh, hello. Okay, you know what? I'm with him. Him who's in me, or him who's everywhere, all present, hallelujah, all knowing, hallelujah, I'm with him. And you just got to get a little sass into you girls because sometimes you just got to do that. You got to pretty much, this is my favorite saying, pretty much look the enemy in the eye and say, sorry, I'm with him. Stick that in your pipe and smoke it. Do you know? So you've just got to get a little sass. (laughs) I don't know. You got to get a revelation, a heart revelation that this one who will never leave us nor forsake us actually is in us. And again, this is all fun and dandy until the heat increases. And then we like melt and fall apart. Talking about following in his footsteps. Do you know what? If he leads through the wilderness for your sake to teach you something, or if he leads you into the wilderness for the sake of another, are we willing to follow knowing that he has us fully covered? Because again, in Isaiah, it was a voice of one calling, dot, dot, colon, in the wilderness, proclaim this truth, okay? Our focus is the harvest. Our focus is those who are lost in the wilderness. You know, would we follow anywhere? And we go, oh, we would so follow you anywhere, God. But no, seriously, would we follow him anywhere? On this road, I mean, I painted a romantic picture last year of lovers on the way and painted this picture of Christ our Saviour up ahead of us and like waiting for us and winking at us. And you know, when He needed to be alongside of us, He would be alongside of us. And if He needed to rearguard us, He would rearguard us. But truly, would we follow Him anywhere? Would we follow Him off that grassy hillside? where he sat with his disciples and his followers and taught them the most profound words and truth. Would we follow him off that grassy hillside um, and into the pages of the book of Acts? Oh, we so would. Yeah, but no, really, would we? Because some pretty insane things happened in the book of Acts. And keep in mind that we are living in the ongoing book of the Acts, the church of Jesus Christ on the earth, hallelujah. Would we follow him? into a hostile courtroom? Would we? Would we follow him into a modern day antichrist setting where denial actually is an option? Because you see, Peter never thought that he would, but he did. Would we follow him up a treacherous track to a lonely and a brutal cross with the risk that we also could join him on that cross. Because you know, they say that they crucified tens of thousands in the day. Like, would we really do that? And I know you probably didn't come to color to hear this, but nevertheless, just saying, girls. (laughs) Because I do not believe that these are days for fluffy Christianity. Okay, I do not believe that fluffy Christianity um, is going to cut it in the days that are ahead. And so no reason to fear, but every reason to prepare. 
and to think about these things and figure your convictions and your resolve in Jesus' name. His shadow found in his words, found in his footsteps, found in his shadow. Let me say about his shadow that I believe that there is no, his shadow bears no um, darkness, no angst, no fear. His shadow doesn't obscure the light, it is the light. So you know what, we need to live in his shadow. We need to make Psalm 91 our home. Where do you live? I live in Psalm 91, how about you? Psalm 91, your home. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty in Jesus' name, amen. At his shadow, every other shadow bows. Got to know this, girls. Got to know it when the pathway perhaps changes, takes a bend and you were like, oh, I so wasn't expecting that. Got to know these things, right? I read these crazy novels last year, forgive me, but I did. And there were four and it was like I demolished them. And it was a little light reading. It was called The Fall of Lucifer. Light summer reading. Okay, um, and I, it was novels, and it just painted this like crazy, creative, like crazy. Um, I don't know. I just loved it. <laughs> it kind of told the story of the three archangels. Isn't that cool? Lucifer, son of the morning. Michael. Is it Michael? Yeah, Michael. Michael. <laughs> and Gabriel. Awesome kind of painted a picture of like, what would have happened before time that iniquity would be found in the supreme archangel who lived in the presence of God? Like, what would incite iniquity to be found in his heart and be his demise? And so it was fascinating, but I loved it every time um, Christ, every time, like in the novel it was Christus, every time Christ entered the scene, Darkness just trembled. <laughs> Stick that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> I'm with him all the time. Hallelujah. So if you're in the room tonight, be encouraged. If you're feeling a little darkness, as in, you know, challenge, a little darkness, you're in the right place because this place is going to be flooded with light. We are going to worship the King of Kings. And so you need just to know that God of the angel armies is in the house, all right? So just relax, my darlings. If my journey could teach you anything these past 12 months, it would be that, be found endlessly in his word, his footsteps, his shadow. Second, it would be, can I testify, that love is on the way and did not fail me last year. It did not fail me. And it really was the message, if you remember, I taught a message, like I just said, called Love is on the Way, from the words in Jude. And it proved faithful to me, can I just say. He was faithful, not only in my February, March, April, May, June. He was faithful right through. When I awakened in February last year on a mountainside in America, and God spoke into my heart at about 2 a.m. and said, um, Bobby, because I was anxious. I didn't know why I was anxious. I was so anxious. I had no reason to be anxious. And he said, Bobby, um, do you not know 
that I wait for you in your future? Do you not know that I am in your February, your March, April, May? See, I thought I was anxious over a busy period of time just coming up. I had no idea what lay ahead. And I want to testify here carefully that 2014 was possibly one of our, as a church, for Brian and I as a couple, for us as a church, as a ministry, was probably one of our most favoured, blessed, and expansive years. But it was also a year fraught with challenge, opposition, and a very combative spiritual landscape. If I may be so bold as to say, for me, there were parts of last year that were extremely hellish underfoot. We're talking about walking and following and staying the path, okay? For me, there were moments last year that were hellish underfoot. And again, I say it carefully, but there were moments where I felt so spiritually exposed and vulnerable like never before. Do you know if the devil, if the enemy, Lucifer, sought to defile the Son of God, if he sought to defile the Son of God, trust me, he will seek to defile the church. He will seek to defile his bride. And you and I, for the vast majority of us in this room tonight, we are the bride of Christ. We are the church of the living God. And trust me, as much as that enemy hated Jesus, he hates us even more. He hates us. And so, you know, we just need to understand that. So here is my point in all that. So when God speaks to you, when He speaks to you, hold dear His words because they are invariably your lifeline. Hold dear His words. This is not just a book. This is the living Word of God. Hold dear. Write them down. If God speaks to you, write them down. Get a journal. Okay, there's journals out there, but you know what? Get a journal. Write them down. Pen them. If you're not sure if it's like you speaking or pizza speaking from the night before, just put a question mark beside it. And you know, don't get weird, but journal and write things down because again, invariably. You know, I exhorted our church last year because you know, we're a body connected. What affects us affects them. Together we advance the kingdom. But I said, church, last year, church, if you, if you felt the heat in any way, if you, like if you felt the heat in any way, don't panic. It's just, it's just simply the good heat. There's bad heat, but this is the good heat that is simply refining and strengthening us and preparing us for what God wants, amen? You know, Daniel 3, Daniel 3, hallelujah, I have to go faster. Daniel 3, it tells the story of three Hebrew boys who felt the heat, right? You know the story. Three young Hebrew boys who would not deny their heavenly king for an earthly king. The earthly king was infuriated and he turned up the heat in the furnace seven times because he was so angry at them. He was so angry at their devotion and their passion and their love for God. So he turned the heat up seven times. He had them thrown into the furnace. The attendants were singed and burned and killed and died, throwing them in. And then he looks into the furnace and what does he see? He sees 
He doesn't see three Hebrew boys. He sees, is that a fourth? Are they walking untouched? The fire is not touching them. They're not bound. There's not even the smell of smoke on them. And do I see a fourth? And that fourth resembled the angel of the Lord and the Son of God. And you know, in our lives, there will be times in all of our lives where we need to find the fourth man. All of our lives. So let me read to you from my journal. Last year, this is my journal. It's not ultra romantic, but I wanna write, read to you these words that I scribbled here and stuck in. But basically, <clears throat> the Lord spoke to me. And so the date is uh, the 19th of December at 9.50 a.m. Talking about treasuring the words in your life. And I was in the bathroom. So 19th of December. We were on hellish territory. 9.50 a.m. This is me talking. And this is all in context of his church and this nation and, you know, expansive opportunity and open heaven. But you know what? You don't have all that without a fight. You know that, don't you? It doesn't come without a fight. So I'm just putting my makeup on or whatever I'm doing. And in my heart of hearts, I'm talking to the Lord. And I'm like, this is me. I'm like, are we going to be okay, Lord? Are we going to be okay, Lord? In my heart, are we going to be okay? Straight back, I feel the Lord speak to me. He goes, more than okay. More than okay. You watch what I'm going to do with this. I'm going to bring this nation to her knees. And they'll look and they'll come. There was more, but I'm not presumptuous enough to share that with you. More than okay. Have you ever been in a place like that where you're going, I'm going to be okay, Lord. I'm going to be okay. More than okay. You watch what I'm going to do with this. This is my journal entry. I, I wrote that down quickly because, you know, those conversations that come from nowhere, they're like, where did that come from? In the same journal, this is the day before. So 18th of December, 9 a.m., also the bathroom. God likes my bathroom. <laughs> Excuse me. I feel God speak to me. I feel I'm just nowhere. I'm just like mascarine. And uh, mascarine. Well, you say it. I'm saying that with a fat tooth. Okay. I feel the Lord say, daughter, daughter, I didn't plant you. Hey, he doesn't have a high voice. <laughs> it was serious. He goes, daughter, I didn't plant you into this land and cause you to shine on a hilltop for the devil to blow out, snuff out that light. Therefore, shine, shine in the tribulation. Now trust. To which I then said, does that mean we're going through the tribulation? <laughs> because he said, therefore shine, shine in the tribulation. We were on hellish territory and he's saying, shine in the tribulation. So I'm like, does that mean we're going through the tribulation? And the Spirit of God straight back goes, everyone, 
goes through the tribulation. I felt God say, you are afraid of the heightened fire and now you are not, therefore you won't go through the fire. Now, this is not about the tribulation in Revelation. <laughs> this is about life. At that moment, I encouraged myself because that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to build ourselves up with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs because the Word of God is in us. I reminded myself of Zechariah 4, grace, grace. And in my heart of hearts, I turned to what felt like a mountain of human obstacle. And I said, oh, who are you, oh, great mountain of human obstacle? Before Zerubbabel or Jesus, you are as a plane. Do you know what, girls? All our challenges are different. Our challenges are different. I mean, our victory is the same. Some people will live their challenge out or their refinement out privately. Others will live it out on a public platform. That seems to be our portion. <laughs> but you know what? Again, our challenges are different, but our victory is the same. I have friends this year, and some of you don't even know what I'm talking about. You don't even have to worry about it, okay? I have friends who face different challenges, health challenges and marital challenges, all sorts of things. Our challenge was different, but you know what? Our victory is the same. What we are going to discover about this God who does not fail is the same, amen? And you know what? Our Christ, our Jesus, is not taking us to the cross. So relax. He, you know, He's not taking us to the cross because He went to the cross. Now, He may lead us to the cross to help us understand things, but He is not taking us to the cross. Nevertheless, we all have to be willing to take up our cross and follow, right? And so that, again, is the gutsy Christianity. And, you know, for me, for me, parts of last year were like the Beatitudes in living colour. They really were. And, you know, I stand here as a woman and a wife of, I don't know how many years now, 38 years with my husband. What touches my husband touches me. You know, um, there were a couple of moments where I felt like I was at the end of my rope. There were moments where I felt I had nowhere to go but to my knees. There were moments where I felt everything most dear to me was under deep threat. When it comes to this nation and this church and this message and this land, I felt at times that integrity was under deep and unjust assault. And for a split second, for a few split seconds, it felt overwhelming. I never succumbed, but it felt overwhelming. But do you know what it did? It did exactly what Jesus said it would do. It drove me deeper into the kingdom of God. And that is what Jesus sat on that mountainside and he talked and he spoke so beautifully to us. And he said, you know, if you are persecuted, they say this or that or whatever the challenge, just take it, just take it. Because what it will do is it will drive you deeper into the kingdom of God in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to get the team to come and join me, please. And the third thing, if my journey these past 12 months, you know, could bring anything to your life, I would say that this story of us, 
the story of us, us, the church, us, the sisterhood, amen? The story of us, hallelujah, is only found as we live under declarations that are both glorious and dangerous. The story of God alive in His people at such a time as this, trust me, it is only gonna happen as we, happen as we are prepared to live under these declarations that are, yes, glorious and beautiful and wonderful, but at times dangerous. At times the road is dangerous. Amen, but we have someone who traverses it with us, who travels with us, who waits for us, who is up front, alongside, rearguarding us. But at times it is dangerous and this word is full of glorious declarations, but the fight for the declarations sometimes, as I just said, will put us on dangerous territory. Glorious declarations, hallelujah. Glorious declarations. His banner over me is love. That is a glorious declaration. We have a Saviour who says, I have come that you might have life and life in abundance. That is a glorious declaration. We have a God who says, let, your not, let not your heart be troubled. I go to prepare a place for you. That is a glorious declaration. But in the meantime, it's a fight. Because you know what? You cannot stand and declare, thy kingdom come without a fight. You realise that, don't you? It's my favourite hashtag, but it's way more than a hashtag. Thy kingdom come. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is a dangerous declaration. And that is a fight in Jesus' name. Do you know fighting for the furthest heart, fighting for the furthest heart, that is a fight. Welcome home. Hashtag welcome home. That is a fight. That is a fight. It's like Jacob in Genesis 28. And he stood and it's the first revelation and declaration of the church of Jesus Christ, the house of God. And Jacob, you know, he awakened, his soul awakened and he looked heaven and he went, oh my gosh, God is awesome in this place. God was here all of the time and I never even knew it. This is none other than the house of God, the gateway to heaven. And he saw a ladder ascending into the heavens with the angels of God ascending and descending. And he saw the Lord Himself at the very top standing there proclaiming love and promise for the future. That comes with a fight. Do you think that, you know, the enemy likes us putting out the welcome mat? Do you think he likes us welcoming in the lost and the broken? No, he hates it. So it's a fight, it's glorious, but it's dangerous in Jesus' Name. The church in full stature, the church in full stature is a fight because the enemy knows that he's defeated. Hallelujah. And you know what? We've just got to keep rising up and we've got to keep finding our steel. You know, my God has never failed me. I'm 58. He has never failed me. He never failed me even before I even knew Him. I found Him at 15. He has never failed me once. He's not gonna fail me now. I know that, that is my conviction, that is my testimony. I'll go to my death on that. But I'm telling you, you know, there are times in this journey where you think, where did that come from? What is this? What are we fighting for? We are fighting for Australian women in the land. Stand up. If you're Australian, stand up. If this is your land, stand up. Okay, we are fighting for our nation. We are fighting for the revival that has been prophesied and spoken over this land, this land of the Holy Spirit. We are fighting for that. Don't you go passive on me. You stand, we are rallying the troops, amen? 
Stand up, our guests from overseas, whomever. Stand to your feet. <laughs> Praise the Lord. God's good, right? He's so good. So, my loves, <laughs> um, I want to pray for you if you're feeling a little at the end of your rope at the end of your rope or maybe you feel like like I said before you're maybe you've lost or you feel like you're losing what is dearest to you maybe you're facing the biggest battle that you've experienced thus far if um, if any of that fits you I want you just to raise your hand I want to pray for you just raise your hand I want to pray for you in Jesus name all around this place be honest if you can't be an honest in here. <laughs> you know, Christ needs honesty for us. I have something so beautiful prepared for you tomorrow. Something so beautiful prepared for you. I, I'm, I'm excited. I believe it's going to help so many different lives. But if we can't be honest about where we're at, if you're broken in this place tonight, if your heart's breaking in places, or you know there's brokenness in your life, you know, you need to be open. You need to be open for God to actually begin to touch that and deal with that. In Jesus' name. So just put your hand up if you need. The front end, we're going to make a, a, a dedication of our, of our hearts here. So Father, in your name, I just, your word is, is true, Lord. They, these were your words. You said blessed. We're blessed when we feel like we're at the end of our road. We're blessed when we're feeling like we're losing everything. We're actually blessed because we're going to be embraced by you and we're going to discover your miracle working power. We're blessed when we feel we have nothing left because then we discover you and you anchor us. You anchor us to your presence. Father, in the name of Jesus, for the battlescapes of lives and families and relationships, Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you do what you do. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to instill hope. In Jesus' name, hope and trust. In Jesus' name, Father, I pray, Lord, that the Word is going to water our lives this week. It's going to enlighten us. It's going to lift the burden. And we thank you for your grace. And we thank you, Jesus, that you came. And thank you, Jesus, that you came. Amen. 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 Guy's going to just lead us for a moment, and I'm going to ask them to lead us, and I'm going to ask us to um, to let the word, the word of God, sink for a moment, okay? And ask that no one leaves, just stay with us for the moment. Amen. You know, we need to do one more thing tonight, and it's the most important thing um, that can happen actually in this entire 
gathering. And uh, it is our greatest joy always as um, ones who have encountered the love of God through the Lord Jesus Christ to extend that invitation to people who might be in the room who um, are unaware of that and who may never know, who, who may have never known that there's a God in heaven who loves them, that there is a Father who sent His beloved Son to um, pay the price for our sin because the reality is that sin creates a separation and all mankind need a Saviour. And so tonight, you may be in this room, it doesn't matter if you've um, never been into a church before, perhaps a friend has brought you, maybe you've grown up in church, maybe you're an avid church goer, but that doesn't necessarily make you um, a follower of Christ, that doesn't necessarily guarantee a moment of salvation in your life. What does is a personal decision of your heart to open your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ and to recognise, even if you don't fully understand it, but recognise that He indeed is the Son of God and that He came and that He laid down His life for us and that He extends the gift of life. And all we have to do is open our heart and say yes and invite Him into our heart, even though we may not fully understand. But if you just do it and you follow your heart, what you will discover is that the Son of God, the Creator of the universe, will become your Saviour and friend and life will change. It will suddenly make sense. Jesus said, I am the way the truth and the life. He is the way, the only way back to the Father. He is truth. When you lean in, suddenly the lights will go on. And He is the way. He said, I am come that you might have life and life in abundance. He doesn't judge you. He loves you. He is the one who stands on the door, knocking on the door of our heart, a gentleman beckoning us to open the door of our heart and give Him a go. (laughs) Say, okay, I open my heart to you. If you're in this place tonight and you've never had that opportunity, you've never actually consciously gone, uh, Jesus, would you come and be my Saviour? Would you become my Lord? Then I wanna lead you in a prayer. So I'm gonna ask everyone in the room to close your eyes, please, and be prayerful. If at some point in your life experience you have made a decision like that, and you have confidence in that decision and what it represents, I want you just to raise your hand to me. Say, I have made that decision in my life. There are literally hundreds and hundreds of hands going up, of course. For me, my moment of truth was the 7th of May, 1972, I was 15. Lower your hands, girls. If tonight you couldn't raise your hand because you're unsure, this moment is for you. The Lord Jesus Christ loves you. He died for you. He came for you. And He beckons you homeward. If you would like me to pray for you tonight so that you can receive the Lord Jesus Christ into your heart, begin a relationship with Him, find peace with God. If you want life to make sense, I'm gonna ask you to have the courage to pray this prayer with me tonight, amen? So we're all gonna pray, we're gonna pray give people privacy because this is a personal thing. But we're all going to pray a prayer that welcomes Jesus into our heart. And, um, and if you sincerely want to do that, then you do it. It's heartfelt and He will see you. So let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of your Son. I thank you that you sent Him for me. 
that he died on a cross for me. That he took the fall for me. And tonight, Lord Jesus, I humble myself and I ask you to come into my life. I ask you to forgive me of sin, of living life my own way. I ask you to cleanse me, wash me new, and grant me eternal life as your word promises. Tonight, Lord Jesus, I begin my journey with you. And I thank you for your grace. And I thank you for coming. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. I hope you have found it encouraging and uplifting and helpful. Don't forget, you can subscribe on iTunes to make sure you get all of the latest episodes as soon as they're released. And if you have time, I'd love to hear from you. Write to me in the review or comments section. I look forward to being with you again next time.